0: (sighs) All right, I'm going to try to pay attention, get off my phone. It says that we are...
1: And we should be, we are live. Good evening, Lunatics. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is September 17th and uh, 2023. We're going to talk about IFTA with you tonight. I know last week at the end of the show, we said Larry wasn't going to be here. And, uh, but there he is uh, right there in front of you. (laughs) Um,
0: live and then living well you know sometimes like, my
1: weekend change, when you change the podcast it, it made me available so your godforsaken god forsaken internet yet again um it was fine until i, I hit until i hit start and then um well you, let me do a let me do a speed test real quick
0: because i'm not having any
1: issues here well you're you're frozen and you're breaking up so anyway um i had planned on doing am, the show saturday sure and um uh, forgot that I, I was voluntold uh, to be the DJ and chaperone for a dance last night with a bunch of teenagers. Um, so I was I was completely occupied. Uh, it was a 50s and 80s-themed dance, and so I got to introduce these kids to some of the best music ever made between 1980 and 1989. But anyway, uh, so then we decided to move tonight, and Larry ended up being available. So I said, hey, let's do this IFTA thing. Uh, so we are going to present uh, this IFTA thing because it's it causes so many fights, and it really should. Uh, th- this is something that, I, I mean, I think is incredibly easy to understand, but you have to stop listening to people that don't know what they're talking about. And uh, <clears throat> there's one little... Piece of business that I would like to handle before we start, uh, and we'll introduce our sponsor here in just a moment. Uh, but yesterday, well, uh, yesterday or the day before, I was mowing, and that's about the only time I get to. Uh, uh, we we have no audio uh, on TikTok. I'm sorry, you get I too I forgot to hit the button. I apologize. TikTok, you're live now. And um, also,
0: I'm 300 down and 10 up, so it's not me.
1: Okay. Um. So, anyway, I got a little business I want to handle real quick. Um, the only time I get to listen to podcasts anymore is while I'm mowing. And I listened to uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson's interview with Oliver Anthony, who is the music sensation that's taken the world by storm over the last few weeks with that Rich Men North of Richmond song. Right. And uh, right. I cannot recommend this episode highly enough. Um, it's such a fascinating conversation between someone who has the credentials that Dr. Peterson does, uh, and then someone who really was not looking for global domination, uh, yet ended up with global domination. Um, And there's just so many fascinating things in there. And one of the realizations that I came to uh, when I was thinking about myself and, and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, I am not really in this as we've said before i'm not really in this to move freight i'm not even in this to operate trucks operating trucks is what i do i like trucks um i went and picked up a load for one of our guys the other day and and i enjoyed shifting gears right i enjoyed biking into the dock i like trucks i'm a boy um but this is what i know right but more than anything i am a freedom advocate there's nothing more that I want for my children, and that I want for other people than to be free of the of the this constant threats of coercion and intimidation and harassment that are coming from people, uh, you know, through the media and through the state and um, through religious organizations, whatever it is. I want people to be free from that coercion and so many times i've heard people say something for example in trucking well we ought to make these leases illegal that doesn't do anything I mean it sure it gives the state the ability to prosecute somebody if they do it but what I would rather see is someone look at an opportunity that's in that's placed in front of them hey Lease this truck. And that person goes, "Mm, no, I don't want to do that. That's too dangerous. That's too risky. That's not a smart move. That's not something that I should do. And just not do it because they're empowered with the information and understanding that these leases are not good opportunities for anybody. Well, that's not true. They're great opportunities for the leasing companies and the carriers. A fantastic opportunity for them. They're a great opportunity for truck manufacturers. But they're a a terrible, terrible, terrible slavery for any driver that signs up for them. And so my mission here uh, with Blue Ribbon uh, is not to move trucks up down the road. It's not even to move freight. That's what we do to pay the bills. That's what we do to uh, – it's how we pay for this. But what we're doing here is not about trucks. It's about setting people free because there is no greater freedom than self-employment. There's no greater uh, education than self-education. And we want to empower people, but, but it's hard. It's really hard. Um, And it, it, it's got levels of risk. Uh, But I mean, I'm pretty sure that Larry would share the sentiment that if it was just about hiring drivers to move freight, neither one of us is, Any interest in that? Um, I certainly don't. I can 100% speak for myself there. Um, Trucking's what I know. Trucking's what I do. Um, And it is going to be the vehicle, pardon the pun, that I want to do to introduce people to the concepts uh, that can set them free of that rat race of needing someone else to provide for them because you're your only provider. So I just wanted to kind of put that little disclaimer out there because that's that's my mission. Um, we The decisions that we make when it comes to operating these trucks are with this, period. If it makes sense when we put the numbers in the calculator, we're going to do it. But if it don't make sense when we put it in the calculator, we're not going to do it. And so tonight's going to be an example of trying to give you information. Zig Ziglar said one time, you can't change anybody's mind, but you can give them information with which they can make a different decision. And so what we hope to do tonight is to give you information that will get you to make a different decision about how, when, and where to purchase fuel. You got anything you want to add to that or don't you want me to hit the sponsor?
0: Well, the, according to TikTok, your audio is messed up. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. and according to uh Restream.io your bitrate is fair. Yeah. Well, that,
1: sign. That's normal. <clears throat> okay. Let me All right, we'll go ahead and talk for a minute while I
0: Well, this. I'm I mean you 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 spoke for me appropriately. I, I I'm the same way. I'm certainly would not be doing this at age 69 and almost 70 um just to haul freight or to to hire truck drivers um the thing that that i like doing most is is seeing people um learn and apply that education to better themselves um i feel like part of you know someone that has had the opportunities i've had part of the responsibility is to pay that forward and that's while I'm still doing this to this day. Um, but you know, we're, we're in the education business where we, we have history and we have, um, experience in trucking and in business. And, um, but you know, the people that join our program have chosen to be in the trucking business. We, we didn't, we didn't recruit that, but all we're trying to do is give them the best tools that they can get to, to succeed in their chosen, chosen, um, mode of, 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 um, of, of income. And so, um, you know, a lot of people did, don't understand what we do. I just had spent a night this week at a landsar agent meeting. Um, just, and I, I don't even know why I was invited, I guess, because it was in this area and they just may wanted to fill seats, but it was a real good meal. And uh, I actually met a couple of, uh, of agents I had not met before. And, um, it was a good night, but, You know, the, um, the, the, the problems that they, that, that, that they have with, with drivers and and one of the biggest conversations they had that night, Chris was communication. You know, VCOs won't communicate. And, um, of course that, you know, that rung true with what we try to teach here because we find the same thing and generally across the industry. And when people come here, it's one of the things that we spend the most effort on is communication. Um. But that's the customer. That's the people that we serve, those agents. And to sit in there with them and hear them talk about the problems that they have. And then there was a, a particular agent there that, um, that we've used in the past. And she says, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. Those Blue Ribbon guys communicate. And um, I don't know if that was for my behalf or if it just was because that's something they experienced. But anyway, we got, I got singled out. We got singled out there, you know, um, for being uh, a good example of how to take care of your customer. So that's what we try to do here is is educate people. Um, We're going to talk tonight about IFTA because fuel is your number one cost uh, of operating a truck. And you may or may not know this, but you have a huge impact or, or decision on what your fuel cost is if you would just take the time to shop for the cheapest fuel every day, not just where you are, but where you're going to be. Um, and make a huge impact in your bottom line into the year. You know, it's nothing. To, it's nothing, nothing. for it to be five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars difference by using a strategy that that, that where you where you pre uh, pre-plan your fuel purchases just like you do your trip. And um, so that's what we want to talk about tonight. And that way you can get the education that you need to be able to affect your fuel mileage in a positive way. And be able to, um, you know, to, to understand how, how to cut or minimize or lower uh, your number one cost. Um, and as we get into the subject matter here, you're going to, well, what's the they got to do with that? Well, it has a lot to do with it because it's very much misunderstood. And in order for us to find out what the true cost of the actual diesel that goes in your truck is going to be, we have to understand what IFTA does and why that, why that blurs the lines considerably in making that, that purchasing decision. So not sure where Chris is in this. So, uh, well, I'm,
1: I'm restarting the, the devil machine over here. Um, so l- let's go ahead okay. and talk about Pittsburgh power for a second. And I'm going to get TikTok restarted over here.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: Well Pittsburgh Power is our
0: sponsor we've uh, had them on now for about a year and a half. Um, I've been doing business with Pittsburgh Power since 2009. Um, I use them to buy all the modifications that we use to improve the fuel mileage in our trucks um, we um, we we use their their um, their their Detroit parts like the like the the damper and the balancer and you know, um, uh, Pittsburgh power muffler, you know, intake manifold, all these things that they have there that improve fuel mileage. That's how I got started with them. And then after, you know, being a customer of for a while, I, I learned about their quality of their shop and their mechanics and their electrical engineers and all the diagnostic equipment that they have there And they're a really, really good diesel shop. And if you're into diesel performance, they're really good at that too. And, um, uh, they actually um, perfected some uh, techniques along the way, which makes their diesel tuning 100% legal with EPA. Um, and so you're not di- violating any, any emissions rules or EPA rules when you have them do these um, uh, modifications to your truck. Um, and, uh, of course, since then they have um, bought OPS which is a product that I, the very first modification I did to my truck was the OPS, oil purification system. They now own that and uh, are the uh, exclusive manufacturers and distributors of OPS products. And, of course, a couple of years ago, Dr. Jane came out with the Max Mileage Fuelborne Catalyst. We have a couple of episodes about that you can certainly listen to. And, of course, we run all of our trucks uh, with the uh, Max Mileage Fuel Catalyst, and they're the exclusive distributor of that. So it's a marriage made in heaven. As far as I'm concerned, uh, we, we use their products long before they paid us to talk about this. And, um, we still do. We certainly still recommend them. If you have any uh, diesel performance or diesel, um, especially Detroit and Cummins, that's the two things that they do the best problems they're, they're, they're an excellent shop right there in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Um, and if you um, want to improve your fuel mileage and you've got a truck that is modifiable, um, then uh, certainly give them a call. Let them know that where you heard about them. Let, let them know you appreciate them sponsoring this podcast because we'd like to keep, uh, keep them as our sponsor going forward. So anyway, Pittsburgh Power, uh, the OPS. We are a distributor, stocking distributor, of OPS products and the max mileage. So if you want, and, and the prices are the same. So if you buy them from us, it's the same as buying it from them. It's just you. Help us a little bit, and if you don't want to pay shipping, you can um, come through West Virginia, and Chris will meet you at the TA and hand
1: it to you and save you the
0: shipping cost. So, anyway, how's that, Chris? All
1: right, very good. I got the TikTok fixed. I had to restart the uh, machine over here from the pits of hell. Um, I need an exorcist, goddamn Windows machine, well,
0: let's see if I can get it going again. Then there so. we are.
1: We are live. So it's back up. Um, We're going. So uh, kind of sort huh? um, We've got a uh, we've got a uh, uh, a presentation here that you'll be able to see on the screen. This is the this is the presentation that we give in our orientation uh, with our drivers, um, so that they can understand. It will be on the screen for you at TikTok as well. Um, so uh, uh, we let me. Okay, there we go. So, TikTok, you should now be able to see the uh, the screen, and uh, we will be in good shape here. So, here's where we're just going to turn Larry loose, and he is going oh, to... I'm, I'm going to do this. Well, you know, listen, you I didn't are bring the... A, I, didn't bring
0: a, I didn't even bring a drink, so I got to do this dry and, yeah. and uh, unprepared. Well, I, I wrote this. I guess I probably remember it, most of you, it. So. You've, you've done this so many times. It, it ought to come pretty <laughs> yeah, natural to yeah. you. I uh, well, I, I led into it a little bit. The reason that we're, the reason this is important, the reason that we need to discuss IFTA is because if you don't understand what it is, you won't be able to understand why it's important that you consider that or, more importantly, or more more accurately, not consider it. As you're trying to make your fuel buying purchases. So let me back up one more step and say, you know, fuel buying should be a decision. It shouldn't be something that you do just because your your needle is on empty mm-hmm. uh, or you're stopped at, at your favorite uh, truck stop because you like the restaurant or the bar next door, whatever the reason is. It should be just like any other decision that you make in trucking. And that's one that's based on the BSE 9000. Okay. Uh, because fuel is your number one expense by far. And it's also in 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 our experience the easiest one to do something about to attack to lower to, you know to affect, and because everything to do with fuel is all is simply a decision. That's it's no more than that a decision. How fast you drive is a decision. Whether or not you improve your fuel mileage by modifications is a decision. And certainly where you buy fuel is a decision. And we want to to introduce to you a strategy that. It does matter where you buy fuel, and you should buy fuel when it's on sale, not necessarily when you need it. I mean, it's, a, it's an inventory. It's a commodity. It's not going to go bad, and if you don't need it and you top off and you do need it later in the day, you're, you're, you're not at the mercy of whatever it is where you are, in that makes sense. You've already bought the fuel at the cheapest place you're going to pass today because we're going to show you how to do that. And then when you're always buying fuel when the fuel is in your advantage as opposed to when you need it, so that's the strategy here. Yep. But to understand that, you have to understand that when you buy drive by that fuel um, truck stop or fuel stop, uh, there's a sign flashing out front, and that sign has some has some things in it that 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 we need to understand what they are, and that then the number one is IFTA, uh, because every state uh, has its own. Uh, little tax. You know, the governor or the legislature in each state determines what the fuel tax is in that state. And it doesn't, it can be changed frequently. This particular, um, map is, is, is a couple years old, but that's not important. I don't want you to get concerned about the numbers on it. I want you to understand that it exists and that all those different color states all have different amounts of tax in them. Now the, the, um, your first thing you come to mind is you go, well, I just won't buy fuel in in that state and that sort of thing. And we're going to talk about all these strategies, but just bear with me here a little bit and understand that I want you to be aware that each state has its own different tax structure. And it's something that you shouldn't memorize because they do change periodically. So you should always be able to, and and this is not hard to find. If you're at Landstar, this is really, really easy. We're going to show you a tool that does all the work for you. If you're not at Landstar, you're going to have to have a way of finding out what these numbers are, and we can help you with that too. But let's understand exactly what IFTA is—International Fuel Tax Authority or agreement to that effect, agreement, whatever—and um, and and what it is is that. And if you've been around trucking long enough, you'll remember way back in the day. Now that's before I got in trucking, but I do remember seeing trucks driving around with these license tags on the front of the truck, or more than one. And they had these little tiny stickers in them. Was just like a, the license plate was made up of these little boxes and there were stickers in them. Well, back in the day, you had to have a permit from every state that you operated in. And so therefore you had a sticker. And you had to keep track of how many miles that you drove in each of those states. Mm-hmm. And of course, what your fuel purchases were in each of those states. And you had to do a, 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 um, a return, uh, you know, an accounting of that quarterly or, or monthly or however it was back then i'm not sure uh, and and so you had it for every state you drove and you had to do one of these fuel tax reports well uh, i don't know when i think it's in the 80s somewhere Chris maybe you know the answer to that it's early 90, came around early 90s. when uh, early sometime 90s. in the 90s yeah if the if the you know the government comes out with IFTA, which we don't we're not crazy about much that the government does but this is one thing that i have to hand them you know some credit here this was a great thing for truckers because it took away all that. You know, now we have one um, form that we have to to to, to fill out. Um, and it's due quarterly. Now, at Landstar, we do it monthly. But you know how Landstar is. They're on steroids. they are all the regulations on steroids. And so we do it monthly. Um, but for the rest of the world, they do it quarterly. And, and and it's very simple. It's just how much fuel did you buy in my state? How many miles did you drive my state? What's the fuel mileage did you get in my state? And now you send me the money. Or we'll send you a refund back. That's in in simple terms how this works. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, today our GPS or our ELD they that keeps they, that keeps track of all the miles that you drive in the state, even keeps track of the miles that you drive on a on a on a, uh, on a turnpike, uh, toll road because those are exempt from from Ifta. Mm-hmm. So all that's done automatically for you now. All you have to do is is buy your fuel and keep keep your fuel receipts, and this is easy to do. But let's talk about what the tax actually is because here's where a lot of confusion is and here's where a lot of fights break out in parking lots, okay? The IFTA tax is a tax on consumption, not on what you're purchasing. Let me say that again because it's very confusing because you're paying for it while you're pumping fuel into your truck and you go in and you pay the bill and you're thinking, okay, I'm paid the tax on all that fuel I just bought. And while that may be true, you paid the tax based on how much you bought, The tax itself is based on how much you used. They only do it when you buy it as a convenience for the government. Okay. Let me sidetrack and give you a parallel there. When you work for somebody that, that withholds in uh, um, employment tax, payroll taxes, the government requires that that person do that. There's no compensation for that. It's, it's the government's convenience to have your employer withhold Mm -hmm. your taxes. It, and this is no different. If the government requires people, if they're going to sell fuel, that they have to withhold the IFTA at the time of purchasing. Now let's go back to that income tax um, uh, example, because this is very much like it. If you've got a job at a factory, I'm not going to use trucking because most jobs at trucking, they don't do withholding because everybody pays on a 1099, (laughs) which is illegal and immoral and all the other things. But let's go to a regular, let's, let's go to the UAW. Let's talk about the people that work in a factory. Okay. At the end of the week, when they get their check, it's been, there's been some money held back for their taxes. Now that, that was determined by a form that you filed when you started working there called a W-4 mm-hmm. and you, you, you indicated how many dependents you have and all that sort of stuff. So this withholding is not just random. It's based on information you provided, but your employer withholds that. Now, what you don't realize or may not realize is the employer also matches that, just by the way, which is why most people in trucking don't do with W2 because they're too fucking cheap, okay? <laughs> so um, this way they only have, you know, they, they you only get, to, well, forget all that. Yeah. I'm sidetracking too much here, okay? Yeah. And I'm not even drinking. Um, but getting back to the tax thing, okay? It's not a tax on what you pay, on what you're buying. It's a tax on what you're using. It's collected at the time of purchase as a matter of convenience to the government, all right? So what you pay when you buy it is just held in a little box with your name on it. And it's applied to whatever your actual tax is once you file that report. So if you drove so many miles in a state and you bought so much fuel there, they're going to do all the, all the computations and you're going to owe Pennsylvania $40 or $50, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Well, if you didn't buy, if you didn't buy the fuel there, you bought the fuel in Ohio they're going to take the money that you overpaid in Ohio and they're going to give it to Pennsylvania. They're going to do all that in the background for you. That's the beautiful part about this. Yep. You pay the one place or you get a refund from one place and they figure it out through all the States that you do business with. So we will not have to worry about how it works. We just have to know why it works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the why. All right. The tax that you are paying when you buy fuel is not the tax. It's a deposit deposit against what the tax is going to be. And that's not figured out until you do your IFTA report. Just like your employer doesn't know what your tax is when they do the withholding, you don't know that till you go to H&R Block on April 15th. Mm-hmm. But they withhold a certain amount every week. And whatever your tax ends up being, that is applied to it. And either you're overpaid or you're underpaid. Now, we know a lot of people that purposely overpay their income tax because they want that refund. They want that bonus on April 15th. Yep. Now, forget that they didn't get any interest on that, and the government kept it all that time. There's probably not very many people. Well, I, that's not true. When I came to Lancer, oh, this was a strategy. Purp- purposely buy your fuel and overpay the tax so you could. Sell oh yeah, money back. That was a strategy. Yeah, that's they, taught, they,
1: they taught they taught that bullshit in orientation. Yeah, I know. I believe me, I know.
0: <laughs> but the bottom line here is that it, it, it doesn't really matter. Okay. What, whatever you pay in when you buy fuel is going to be put in a box with your name on it. And I'm, I'm speaking, you know, figuratively right. here. And then when it's time for you to figure out what that tax is, you either pay too much or you pay too little. If you pay too much, they are going to give you a check back. Okay. If you didn't pay enough, you're going to have to write them a check. It's all the rest to it. It's no different than your federal income tax. If you've got a W-2 paying job. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, does everybody understand that the tax is on consumption and not on purchasing? Yes. Does everybody nod. Okay. Yeah, nod. Okay. So now let's go to our um, um the, the the strategy here. Okay. Um the the way to lower your fuel costs, and we go through by the way, we did this at the at our live event a couple weeks ago. You should have been there. You'd learn did. all this. Yep. Um, but there's three ways to lower your f- number one cost. One is to improve your truck's fuel consumption. And usually that's more attributed to the driver than the truck, uh, which is, leads me to number two. Improve your driving habits and drive for fuel mileage as opposed to drive for whatever the other reason is you're going 75 miles an hour. <clears throat> and only purchase fuel at the lowest price. Only purchase fuel at the lowest price. So we're going to talk about, the, and, we're, and this if the conversation. We're not going to worry about the top two. That's, that's a different conversation. We're going to talk about the bottom one. Only purchasing fuel at the lowest price. Now, some of you may go, well, hell, I don't even know you could get fuel at a lower price. I mean, where's the where's the Walmart of fuel stops? Where's the Costco of fuel stops? You know? Well, they're there. You just have to look for them. Okay. And now it might not be a great big difference, but when you look at the scale, the economy of scale with how much fuel you buy in a year by driving your truck 100, 125,000 miles a year, a couple of pennies makes a big difference. So we're not looking for dollars here, we're looking for pennies, okay? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the end of the day, end of the year, with a number of amount of the amount of fuel that you buy in a course of a year, pennies build up to be a whole bunch of dollars. So, so that's the strategy: only buy per, uh, fuel at the lowest price. Now, to find that lowest price, we have to know what the FTA is. That's why we're getting back to this FTA thing. We have to know what it is. We have to know how to separate it. So, uh, Chris, show me that state thing again, okay? So if we if we know that and I you I can't you can't see it, but I'm gonna tell you right now that purple state Pennsylvania, that's 70 point that's 74 cents per uh, Yeah, mile. I think they're 78 now. Well, again, doesn't don't memorize right. that, it doesn't matter. But right. in this case, we know that Pennsylvania is seventy four whatever it is, seventy four cents. We also know that Ohio right next to it
1: is was that Chris? let it say twenty eight or twenty two? does that say? It says forty seven on that on that. Ohio map. does? Yeah. But I think okay, it's actually right. down, maybe. Uh, anyway, yeah. All right.
0: Well, let's they're just go different. It. Pennsylvania is seventy something. Ohio is forty something. So at first look, at first glance, I mean, and all the smart truckers are out there. You're going to look at that and go, "Well, wait a minute. Why would I pay seventy four cents per mile for tax if I can buy the fuel in Ohio and only pay forty eight cents per mile for tax? And that's very logical." And a lot of people will under, you know, I mean, how many times have you had people tell you, Oh, don't buy fuel in Oregon or don't buy fuel in Pennsylvania or certainly don't buy fuel in California or New York because the tax is so high. But this, this is why this, it, this exercise is so important because it, it, it confuses it it, it. it blurs the lines in trying to determine where the lowest price is because I'm going to surprise you a little bit here. Okay. So if you could take that IFTA out and only look at the cost of the diesel itself. That would reveal to us what the real cost of the diesel is. And that's our strategy, is buy our fuel at the cheapest price we can pay for the fuel only. We're not going to worry about the tax right now. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. So now uh, I've got a couple of examples here. Now these examples I don't think are necessarily up to date, but it doesn't really matter. The strategy is the same and and the and uh, and we can certainly find examples and it would be hard to find. But when I did this presentation, whenever it was, um, I, I found this on the Landstar One app, and that was that in uh, up in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. There's a TA, and at the time it was 608 again. I was what was flashing on them. We call that the marquee price, okay? Right. And in Kingsville, Ohio, which is about 40 miles southwest from Erie in Ohio, there is a TA. And it was at six oh nine a gallon. So now, here we are in Ohio with a fuel that's only a penny, mind you. But the difference in those two states tax-wise is $0.48 cents to $0.74. Cents. However, the price in Ohio is a penny higher than the, the one in Pennsylvania. How does that make sense? Okay? Now, Let's, uh, let's, let's dig through a little bit further, okay? Had we made that decision and bought that fuel there, we would have paid, we'd have paid a penny more based on the marquee price. But let's take the IFTA out of it. Let's not let the marquee make our decision for us. Let's be smarter than that, and let's, we'll pull the IFTA tax out. Now let's compare those same two places, okay? Now the Ohio is 515, not 609, and the Erie, Pennsylvania is 487, not 608. Now, that's a significant di- The other one's just a penny. This is a significant difference, okay? And guess what? The fuel stop in Pennsylvania with the highest tax has the cheapest fuel. So this is why we have to do this. This is why it's important. It's, it's, re- it's imperative that you do this because otherwise you're going to get confused and you're going to bother. The, the, the Florida-Georgia line is another good example, okay? Anytime you've got fuel stops on the borders, a states where one state is, has a higher fuel tax than the other, you're probably going to find this is the same situation. Okay. We I, we know that in Effingham, there's a lot of times there's a huge difference between those six stops that are right there within a mile of each other. So you have to take the time to do this. Okay. We teach our guys every morning before you put in the truck in gear and go, figure out where your fuel stop is today. You know where you're going. Okay. And you know how you're going to get there. Cause Chris has already made them do a trip plan. So now let's go through that trip plan. Let's find our cheapest fuel. And it doesn't matter whether you need fuel or not. We're going to buy fuel there because that's the cheapest we're going to get today. Right? So, um, in this case we would have saved, I don't know, what is that? 30 some cents, Chris, I don't even remember what it was. Um, so let's, let's look at another, uh, cause you know, you guys have, all, I'm, I, you guys have been around for a while and listen to these old timers, they're going to tell you, oh, you don't ever want to buy fuel in Pennsylvania or you want, never want to buy fuel in New York. So well, here's two more examples that I brought popped up on that same day. Uh, now again, this was been a, this wasn't it, it, this was a year ago probably, so you can't really look at these right now. But certainly this this is a good example of why you should do this. So the TAM Binghamton, New York, was six twenty nine on the marquee, and the TAM Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, was hundred miles away was six thirty nine on the on the marquee. If we pull the fuel tax out and look at it again, the Binghamton was 548, the Bloomsburg was 510, significant difference. So that's why you have to not let this IFTA influence where you buy, because you're going to pay more for the fuel and less for the tax if you're not careful. Okay. As opposed to paying more for the tax and less for the fuel, the tax we'll worry about later. I'll talk about that towards the end. Okay. Um, so in this case, it's only $0.38 cents difference, not a big deal, right? Probably probably wouldn't even bend over and pick up $0.38 cents if you saw it in the parking lot. But again, that economy of scale thing I'm talking about, you know, $0.38 cents every gallon for every fuel amount of fuel you buy all year, that would be a huge amount of money, okay? A huge amount of money. Let's just look at what that would be, okay? If you drive 100,000 miles a year and you get about 6.5 miles per gallon, that's kind of the industry standard, okay? That's about 15,000 gallons of fuel that you use in a year. Now that $76,900 at $5 a gallon with 38 cents lower cost, that drops down to 71,000, nearly $5,800 difference in, 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 in cost. Now that's, again, that might sound earth but I guarantee if I offered to send you a check for 5,800 bucks, you would not take it. You cash it. You'd be looking forward to it. Where, well, hey, well, how come you didn't send it, Larry? You said you are going to send it. But yet you willingly give it away to fuel companies because you don't pay attention to what you pay for fuel. Yep. So this is just one example. Just by making a different decision, just by looking at things differently, taking the time to shop for fuel. And it's not like you have, it doesn't take a lot of effort. Okay. If you're a Landstar, it's easy. If you're not a Landstar, it's pretty easy. You just got to take the time to do it. So making a different decision just saved fifty eight hundred
1: dollars in this example. Okay. <clears throat> now, there's a comment here uh, from the right way to truck, and he says, "I have my own authority, and I can use the Landstar One app. I don't get the discount, but I can see the ift tax in those states. So that's a pretty that's handy." If he well, he
0: has to be an approved carrier. He's an authority. has got to be a proof carrier. But yeah. yes,
1: they are letting the carriers use the
0: Landstar One app.
1: Yeah. So that's good information to have. All right. Here's your next slide. All right. So now let's look at fuel
0: mileage and, and, and and compare that to, um, uh, the amount of money that you can spend or save. Okay. Let's say we have four trucks here and truck one is a five mile per gallon truck and truck two is a six and truck three is a seven and truck four is an eight. Okay. With fuel at $5 a gallon, and driving annually um, uh, about 100,000 miles, here's what you spend in fuel, okay? Truck one at five miles per gallon, guess what? Spends $100,000. Truck two spends 16, almost $17,000 less, one mile per gallon difference. Truck three saves almost $30,000 a year. And truck four saves almost $40,000 a year. So there's a huge incentive here to improve your fuel mileage because this is what we're talking about in difference between five and six or look at six to eight, for example. Um, you know, and you, you think that that's not doable, but to, to this, this very day, I, we, we publish to all of our drivers their fuel consumption, their fuel mileage for the previous week. And we've got a guy that's in a truck right now that historically, and well, not historically. The previous driver of this truck mm-hmm. got four to five miles per gallon. 5.52 was, was his 90 day average. We have a driver in this truck now that got 6.9 this week. Nothing mm-hmm. changed, Yep, just the driver. So there is a, the, 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 it, it's, you can't say, well, my truck doesn't get that. Or I I'm heavy loads. Blah, blah, blah. That's just all bullshit. Okay. Yep. The driver has everything to do with fuel mileage, all right Everything to do. Um, and so just imagine that going from five to seven. Okay. We were at 5.52 and now we're at 6.9. That's $28,000 a year difference in the cost of operating that truck. Okay. And all we did was change the driver. So this is how much, how much, how much uh, influence you have over the cost of operating your truck, especially right now when everybody's complaining that their cost of operating is too high. Well, if you're not paying attention to how you drive the truck, or if you're not paying attention to how you buy the fuel, you're not doing anything to control your costs. Except bitch, that's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. Once you put the energy into lowering your costs by 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 using this strategy, you know. So there's a good example right there of what of what, it, of what it costs to not pay attention to fuel. <clears throat> so again, here's the strategy. Okay, stock up, buy fuel where and when it's at the best price. Don't wait. If you wait till you need it, you have no choice but to buy it at the next fuel stop. Okay. Regardless of what the price not what the price is, you got to have it. Okay. Um, we hear people going, well, only buy enough fuel to get through this current week. Don't buy any more. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. Okay. That's like saying this, I'm not going to Costco and buying a case of, of, of toilet paper. I'm just going to buy one roll this week. Cause that's all I need. And I paid more for one roll than I would for the case. So that's ridiculous, okay? That's very short-sighted. That's a cash flow problem. That's a lack of business intelligence problem. Certainly not a purchasing decision strategy, okay? And then, of course, every day before you leave in the morning, or several if you stop for your 30-minute break or you stop for lunch or whatever, recheck it. Fuel is very volatile. It changes a lot, okay? And make sure that you're not driving right by a place that fuels on sale. We'll only need a quarter of a thing. Well, okay, go get, take your 10, your 30 minute break and go get, uh, to top it off. I mean, what, what, what do you, what have you got to lose? This way you can legitimately take your 30 minute break on the fuel island, by the way. So <laughs> since everybody's doing it anyway, why don't you just top it off and go to a place where the fuel's on, on sale? <clears throat> any questions about that? We got any comment? I can't watch the comments of the slideshow too. So you're going to have to kind of walk me through
1: the uh I'm, I'm keeping an eye on them. Uh, just go okay. ahead and finish, and we'll go back. So making fuel price
0: shopping part of your daily trip plan. Now, let me caution about this. A lot of you guys will probably trip plan the night before. I mean, I certainly did, but you can't make that fuel. Fuel certainly changes at midnight. Okay? Almost all fuel uh, prices change at midnight. So don't make this decision the night before. Make it in the morning before you leave. You can do your trip plan. And you know your route, but then make your fuel decision in the morning before you leave. And if you haven't bought fuel yet today, check it again before you make that decision one more time. Uh, Especially when fuel's moving, when it's going up or going down, those prices change a lot.
1: So you can't check it too much. Let's see. You want to, excuse me, you want to do that slide there?
0: Yeah, don't let me forget to go back to the 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 ifta and, and, and avoiding an estate thing. Okay. Okay. Don't let me forget that. So here are ways that we have found to improve a truck. When I say we. I actually did not. We we this, When I was at CMC, these are things that we came up with. We came up with sixty-four things, by the way, that you as a driver can do to improve or harm your fuel mileage. Mm-hmm. These are the these are the highlights. Okay. Number one you know and we've talked about this more and more and more all trucks are not created equal every truck wasn't made to get fuel mileage some of the trucks are made to pull logs out of the out of the forest you know so if you're going if fuel mileage is going to be your game and you're going to have your work on your cost per mile to operate over the road in this in this environment you you got to have a properly spec truck and that means that the the combination of transmission final drive tire size and rear end ratio has to put that truck in the sweet spot at operating speed. So you got to make some decisions here. What's your normal operating speed? Is it going to be 75 or is it going to be 65? Okay. Because you have to get the truck to be in the sweet spot at that, at that speed. That's why, that's what's so important about RPMs. The RPMs have to match, you know, what the sweet spot of your engine is. Now we run Detroit's. We, uh, we know our sweet spot is 1325, 1350 RPMs. We want, we know we're going to operate about 62 miles per hour because we teach our drivers not to be idiots. Okay. And so, so we want our trucks to run 62 miles an hour, maybe six If we have 342 gears, we're going to go 65, but we're going to be at 1325, 1350, because that's where these trucks get the best fuel mileage. Now, if you don't know what that is in your truck, you need to get on Google and find out. Okay. Or call the, well, I wouldn't even call the OEM. They probably wouldn't even know what it is either, but do the <laughs> research not. and find out. Call Pittsburgh Power; they probably can tell you. Uh, but find out what your sweet spot is for the motor that you have, and then what's where 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 are you where are you really, 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 realistically going to drive speed wise? Okay, if you spec your truck for sixty five and you drive eighty all the time, you're just lying to yourself. Okay, you're not helping yourself at all. But wherever you're going to drive, that's what you need your truck spec for. That's how you get best fuel mileage out of your truck. Number two. Is it mechanically sound? When's the last time you did an overhead? Have you ever smoke tested? See if you've got any kind of I, almost every truck that's a year older or older is going to have a leaking charge air cooler. Okay. It's a fact. All right. And so you, you know, if if you're if you're leaking uh, out of the intake system or out of the charge air cooler, you're not going to get maximum fuel mileage. Okay. So it's easy to check that. Smoke testing. Okay. As is every as, you know, if you've got an emission truck, are the emissions clean? The truck has to be mechanically sound to get fuel mileage. Okay, so if you, if it's not, then you're you're just you're you're hurting yourself. You're just beating your head against the wall because it's never going to get as good as it's going to get if you have these issues that aren't that haven't been addressed. Uh, again, operating the truck and the operator. If you buy if you go buy a truck and you spec it beautifully for sixty two, and you drive it fifty five or you drive it eighty five. What's the use? I mean, you're not you're not operating in the in the range that you bought the truck to to range to, to range in. Now a lot of you guys didn't buy the truck for the range at all. You bought it for something else entirely, and now you find. I, listen, I have bought lots of trucks, okay, off Facebook in the last ten years. All right, I've never found. Well, I take them back. I found one just recently. I, people have sold trucks to me that they've owned for ten years or more, and you go to ask them what the rear end ratio is, and none of them know it. None, they've been driving a truck for 10 years. They have no clue what, they don't even know where to find it. Okay. I have to tell them how to go find it find, before I go look and find the truck. So if you're, if you, if you have no idea what the specs are on your truck and you're trying to get your fuel mileage, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's, 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 it's not going to be very easy to do. Um, and everybody loves this one. Okay. You know, excessive idling. I mean, it's, let's just be honest. If you idle the truck, it's a gallon of fuel per hour. Okay? Do you buy an APU? Well, I don't know. I'm not a big APU fan, but you know, if it's if fuel's going to be six dollars a gallon again, you know, it makes it a lot more you know a lot more reasonable, or a lot more you know a, a better, a harder decision to make. Um, but you know, I, I've walked through a lot of truck stops in the last twelve, fifteen years. Okay. And I've been in a lot of parking lots where it's 65 degrees outside. and You look and there's and there's condensation running down the inside of the windshield because the damn truck is so cold in there. And if all they if all they did was roll the windows down and put screens in, it'd be same temp, same temperature. So you know that's a lot of horseshit too. You know you have to have you know No, you don't. I mean, here's the thing: if you're if you're paying for the fuel, I promise you, you're going to pay more attention to that. You know, company drivers, is, they start them when they leave the house. They turn them off when they get back. They care less what happens in between. Well, that's not going to help you very much with trying to lower your cost of operating. You know, running back you know, idling all the time. Um, you know, you, you, you leave the truck, you, you fuel up, you go in to pay the bill, and you leave, you leave the truck running, and then you decide to go take a dump. So you're in there now for 45 minutes, okay, and now the truck's been idling for 45 minutes outside the fuel line. All you had to do was start it off. I can Little uh, These aren't big swings; they're little swings, but they add up. Let me tell you how. When you're a when you're a fuel mileage uh, nerd, like some of these guys are that I know, Henry Albert, y'all know who he is. the guy that wears a tie. is in the is in the Freightliner Smart Group, whatever the hell they're calling. He goes. He he's so into fuel mileage that he takes the license plate on the trailer and moves it to the middle so that it's out of the airstream. That's how. That's how minute these guys get about fuel miles. but those guys are getting 11 miles a gallon. Okay. Or more. So that's, you know, that's what it takes, you know, to, to be in those extreme. We had a guy at our, at our uh, event, you know, Steve Kron, you know, his, his his two year, he just posted on Facebook this week, his two year average is over 11 miles per gallon. So that's, you know, these guys just, I mean, once you start this, this game, it, it becomes a competition, you know? So. Uh, progressive shifting, cruise control, steady throttle, monitor engine load. You know, I don't. I, I, I'm assuming you guys know what progressive shifting. Is. You don't have to run up to 2,500 RPMs between shifts. You know, uh, cruise control is not your friend. Uh, now, if the uh, now these newer trucks with adaptive cruise control, it's a different story. But analog cruise control, where it's either on or off, that's not your friend. You're not yep. getting good fuel miles by using cruise control in, a, in an analog situation. Uh, Chris is a big uh, proponent of steady throttle. Uh, I got good fuel mileage. I didn't watch throttle. I mean, it might have been something that I was doing, just not knowing it. But Chris teaches our guys to run at fifty-two percent uh, throttle. Period. Whether you're up, down, uh, in, sideways, in way, it doesn't really matter. And guess what? Fuel mileage improves. The many. point there, Chris there is, and I can, The point there is that
1: the, the point there is to ask the engine to give you the power <laughs> that you need to to keep yeah. the truck in motion. And the smoother right. you are on that throttle, I remember riding with a guy one time, and but he pumped that throttle like he was digging for oil. I mean, just on and off and on and off, and the truck's just. And I'm thinking, just hold it steady, you know. And if the truck slows down, it slows down. If it speeds up, it speeds up, because we <clears> run into it. Well, what what speed am I supposed to run? That's not that's not the answer. Giving you, oh, don't ever run more than fifty five. Run sixty all the time. It's about thinking, I need to keep this truck in motion. The harder I push on that gas pedal, the more fuel it's going to take. So why don't I just give it the throttle that it needs to stay in motion and be smooth with my throttle, and you will get better fuel mileage. Sure.
0: Absolutely. Um Tire. So where are we? So, um, yeah. So now we use what's called a scan gauge. Okay. Yes. It comes from Kevin Rutherford's website. Let's truck it costs 200 bucks, but it lets us monitor those things. And we mount it right on top of the dash. So it's right in the line of view of the driver. Cause here we're, we're, we're educating people to stay in business. It fuels your number one cost and we can get you to approve your fuel miles by a mile or two or three miles per gallon by being, becoming a better driver for fuel mileage, that's the tool that does it. Okay. You can do all the modifications of the truck you want to. That, that scan gauge is what modifies the driver. And the driver is going to be the majority of your fuel improvement. Um, so having that on there and monitoring those things is how we do it, how we teach it, how we do it. Even to this day, I mean, I haven't driven a truck in two years, but I would have, I mean, I always had a, tr- a scan gauge in my, I was, I was a pretty good fuel mileage driver. And when the skin gauge came out, my fuel mileage improved to half a mile per gallon. And I already was pretty damn good. <clears throat> so tires, of, the tires, besides the driver, tires are probably the single biggest thing that can affect fuel mileage. If you've got really, really poor mm-hmm. fuel mileage tires, like Coinbase or double, are made <laughs> double somewhere <coin>. else. <laughs> double coin, I'm sorry, Coinbase. <laughs> different, <laughs> different conversation, Sorry. Uh, you might want to have Coinbase. You don't want to have double coin, okay? Right. Uh, but uh, if you if you have a tire manufacturer that cannot tell you what the rolling resistance is, you got a tire manufacturer who doesn't want you to know what it is, all right? So, right. Uh, the Michelins and the Yokohamas both have it published on, on websites, and they both have graphs there, or not graphs, but charts, where you can compare their tires to others. Both of them have very, very good rolling resistance tires. Um, but um, we're a huge... Huge proponents of uh, low rolling resistance tires. You know. Um, now keep in mind, we're Michelin guys, but Michelin also makes probably one of the worst tires out there for 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 t- for a tire pre- or, or uh, for fuel mileage. So it's not just the brand; it's the model. You have to be careful of too. Another thing is inflation. You guys, if you if you don't know who Rocky is, go on TikTok and look up and look up Rocky North uh, Middle uh, North Florida MD Alignment. He talks a lot about. Inflation, because we've got this wrong. The entire industry has this wrong. I learned this years ago from Mike Beckett out at the CMC. Mike Beckett wrote the book on tires, okay? Literally. Wrote three books on tires. And he's uh, the go-to. Every tire manufacturer, every OM in the world, has him come out and solve their tire problems. And guess what? Underinflation is number one. Underinflation is number one. If it's inflated to what you think it ought to be, it's underinflated. I can promise you that. Yep. uh, Aerodynamics. You know, um, I, you know, Chris. Chris is a little more tolerant of this. He he likes to have a little bit of a modified aerodynamic truck. You know, like a like an FLD or maybe even a Coronado. Uh, I'm not. I'm strictly Century um, Columbia uh, bec- with 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 air with these uh, the the air not the, what the fairings. fairings. Yeah, <clears throat> it kills me to see these guys that buy these trucks and take the fairings off of them. You know. And then move the exhaust back out to the on onto the fenders i mean listen if you're gonna the faster you drive the more important aerodynamics are okay and if you've got stuff in the wind stream just think of just think of a wind tunnel okay that little that little tail that's up on top of the flatbed i mean a, 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 a mid roof mm-hmm. to make it match the trailer that doesn't work okay that bug screen on the hood that doesn't work even the visor really doesn't work all those would be a no-no in a wind tunnel. Every one of them would be a no-no in a wind tunnel. So the sleeker you can make that thing, the more you can make the wind, the air stay on it and not move off of it, the better you are. You know, uh, That gap between the cab and, and trailer, that's another huge problem. Anytime you have a 90-degree turn like that, you've got negative air pressure. And so that's why you see these guys going down the road with these trailer tails on them. They're designed to make that trailer tail a 45-degree angle, not a 90. Yet they're all not even deployed because the driver's too damn lazy to get there and do it. <laughs> so you've got the tool right there to do it and you don't do it. Yeah. But, um, these are the little things that you can do to improve the fuel mileage on your truck, any truck. It doesn't matter what the truck is. These are all, this will work on any truck. right? now. So <clears throat> have I pissed anybody off yet? Not yet. Give them time. Oh, huh. here's what the scan gauge looks like. You can, it basically is just taking information out of the ECM. That's all it's doing, yep. okay? But here you can select what you want to see. Like for we've got on there what we're looking for. AVGS, that's what your fuel mileage average is for the day. Uh, MPG is the current, it resets every eight seconds. Uh, BST is boost. And TPS is tire pressure yep. or tire position. Throttle position. Or <laughs> throttle position, excuse me, <laughs> throttle position. So those are the things that we uh, tell our guys to monitor. Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't, I mean, you obviously are trying to watch the current and the, and the, and the, and the average for the day. That's what, that's the, that's the target that we're looking for. The other two things you can kind of find what you like. Here's the bottom line. Whatever you do to ask for power or ask for fuel is going to hurt your fuel mileage. Whatever you do to lower that is going to help your fuel mileage. That's why boost is such a good thing to watch because if you're asking for power. You're going to make boost. If you're not making boost you're not making you're not asking for power. That's a good one. The throttle position is because it keep, teaches you to be, be be steady and not be trying to you are not going to go up the hills the same speed that you go on flat, you know. You got to give that idea up, you know. You don't have to go the same speed. Let the truck do what it wants to do and just let it go. And when you go down the hill, it's a whole different story, you know. So that's the tool that we use it comes from letstruck.com. It's called a scan gauge. It's also, you can get them at some of the big truck stops. I know the, yeah. the I 80 has it in some of those, <clears throat> but that's the tool that you use to teach yourself how to become a driver for fuel mileage. Oh, we're kind of getting way off the road of the, the thing about IFTA here, but this all goes into the same thing. IFTA is le- l- let you find the price of the actual diesel. These things are helping you lower your consumption because we're improving your fuel mileage. Now, one thing we didn't talk about, and that is the, Now, I'm going to get back to this, okay? How to lower or avoid IFTA. Well, avoiding it's kind of hard. If you go back to that state map and look at it, you'll notice that the states are hardest to get around, have the highest fuel tax. So I challenge any of you here to tell me how to go around Pennsylvania, you know, reasonably. um, So you're not going to do it. So you're going to have to take Pennsylvania Turnpike, or you're going to have to go through Pennsylvania, one or the other. Mm-hmm. 74 cents a mile. All right. Now, what's the gallon. option? Okay. So you get it, you can put it on a ferry, I guess, and go across Lake Erie. Uh, or you can drive all the way down into West Virginia it could take 68. Uh, but it's just not practical to do that. So you can't really that can't be a strategy. You know, the 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 the, the IFTA is going to be what the IFTA is. But here is one way you can lower it. If is based on consumption. If you are in my if you were in my class right now, I would make you guys spit it back out to me. Fuel is your number one. You know, fuel tax is based on consumption. Okay. So if we can improve our fuel mileage, guess what that does to our consumption. Okay. So getting better, all those things I showed you, the money that you said, none of that counts the IFTA. Okay. None of that takes into fact that your IFTA is going to go down because you're using a lot less fuel. Therefore, you're not paying as much of this 74 cents. Is not, you're getting more miles to the gallon. So instead of going $5, you know, 74 cents for five miles, you're getting 74 cents for six miles or seven miles or eight miles. So, <clears throat> so anyway, that's that's the reason why you can't really go, well, I'm just not going to deal with IFTA. And by the way, Oregon has, there's no exception to this rule, by the way. Oregon does not matter. It, it doesn't matter at all. You, it, The good thing about Oregon is you don't have to worry about pulling IFTA out of it. It's already out. The f- price of the right. price of fuel in, in Oregon is the price of the diesel. Okay. So, they do have to pull the price out of Washington state and California to be able to compare it, <clears throat> but do not avoid Oregon just because it's Oregon and, and it same everywhere.
1: Same with Georgia right now. You know, they've suspended their fuel tax. Um, yeah. the, the governor's um, election campaign is fired up. And so um, they've suspended the fuel tax in, in Georgia, but that doesn't matter because we're going to buy fuel based on, the price of the fuel. Period. Right. If it doesn't matter. Now I'm going to hit one of my pet peeves here real quick. And that is this. The little thing on your dash does not tell you what your fuel mileage is. The that's just a calculation based on an algorithm programmed into the computer that says you should be getting 7.2 Okay, But that computer has no way of measuring how much fuel you've actually used. There is one way to determine your fuel mileage, and that is to take the number of miles that you have driven since you filled it up and divide that by the number of gallons you just put in it. Miles driven divided by fuel used is your mile per gallon, and you should be tracking that with every tank. And the way that we do that is we use a free, free, no cost, free app called Fuel Gauges. It works on Android. It works on iPhone, where you can enter your fuel transaction every time you get fuel. You can put maintenance in there too. And it will show you a 30, 60, 90 day average. You can customize it if you want to see what your average fuel mileage was for last week. You can do that. But that way, you absolutely 100% know exactly what your fuel mileage was based on putting the data into a tracking system. Now, you could make a spreadsheet, you know, but Fuel Gauges is free. You can download it to your phone. Every time you get fuel, put in the mileage, put in the number of gallons, and it will tell you exactly how much uh, or exactly what your fuel mileage is over a period of time performance measured is is performance improved Um, and that's how we know we do these fuel reports every single week for all of the fleet where everybody can see what their average fuel is uh, their 90 day average what what they did last week and it gives them feedback and it creates a little bit of competition among the fleet as well, because you don't want to be the last guy. Uh, but you have to write things down. If you're going to be in business, you have to have records. And fuel is your, say it with me now, number one cost. This is the one thing that you shouldn't be screwing around with. We, we had a um, we had a comment. Someone said, well, I'm happy with my five to six miles per gallon. Okay. But have you considered what it would look like if you got seven? Or seven and a half or eight um, I mean lots of people spend five to ten thousand dollars on a vacation hang, hang on Chris let me, let me, hang, let me address that mm-hmm. let me address that
0: are you happy with the are you are you happy with a rate that's I don't know uh, twenty twenty five percent lower than what it could be? No, you wouldn't be you'd want that, but yet you're willing to pay twenty or twenty five percent more for fuel. Because you're happy with that. That just makes no sense. I mean, you can't be happy with one, not happy with the other. And that's just illogical. <clears throat> right. You, you're, you're, you're concentrating on the rate because you think that matters. But then you don't concentrate on the cost because you don't think you can control that. And it, listen, if you, get the, if you get the cost low enough, when you do get the rate, you're going to make a ton more profit than when you don't. And if you can't get the rate, you can still haul the, 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 the load for a profit.
1: So your, your argument is, is is not valid. There's a there's a comment on TikTok that says not all trucks or engines are the same. That's 100% true. Um, 100% true. Um, but we have empirical data. We got the receipts, as Coach Prime would say, um, that shows that we can take a truck uh, that has the same engine, transmission, rear end, tires, everything about it's the exact same. Change the driver, and the fuel mileage can go up one mile per gallon simply by changing the driver. That's all about human behavior. That doesn't have anything to do, uh, and we've got three or four examples of that recently of trucks that have seen their average fuel mileage go up one mile per gallon or more just by changing the driver. Uh, Let's see. Let me look at our YouTube comments here cause <laughs> you want, you want to know what just, something just happened here.
0: huh? One of the moderators on, on Facebook, on, on Landstar, a helping Landstar uh-huh. just, just messaged me on FaceTime. Want to know about one of our drivers. If she, if she, or if they are legit, they're applying to get on the, oh. the, uh, the, but they, I can't believe that they call, they called me or check with me to see if, It's the inside joke. That's hilarious. I'm not allowed to be in that
1: group, okay? (laughs) But yet they call me for validation. Uh, Okay, let's see. Um, I'm looking at YouTube comments. Um, Do, do, do. Somebody trying to defend leases. Rule number one, the customers are not rule number two. If you think the customers are wrong, see rule number one. <clears throat> um pretty much just commenting in agreement. Um don't don't be don't be confused with this Georgia thing. It does not matter. It right. Does not matter. Ignore it. <clears throat> Now Rod, Rod brings up a point here, and this has been a, a huge bit of contention at Landstar specifically because Landstar calculates um, fuel fuel tax for us monthly, where the the actual IFTA report is done quarterly. Um, and if you get too, if your fuel mileage is too good, like over nine miles to the gallon, um, for whatever reason, and and this fight has been fought uh, over and over again, but they will, they will default your fuel mileage down to four and five, 4.5. Um, well, it's punitive. It's punitive (laughs) because they don't believe that you can do it legitimately without buying fuel
0: off the fuel car.
1: Right. And that's what they're trying to avoid. If you prove
0: it, if you go through the process and prove it, okay, they'll change your truck to where it looks like a express truck. Mm -hmm. And now you can get up. What I think, what is it, Chris 12, 14, whatever it is. Yeah. So, but it takes a, it's a process. I know two or three people have done it. It's a process, um, but you, you got to understand something. Even you Landstar guys, this, this that doesn't affect the strategy. Okay, I mean, if you want to, if do you need to attack the problem with Landstar with that? You need to get your truck changed in their fuel system to be a straight truck, and then because if you're if you're legitimately getting nine plus for more than one or two months in a row, then you and you push it hard enough. I forget the guy's name now, Um, but just call for fuel and miles and and. But you if you if you're you know if you're stay with them and 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 be a little bit pushy, uh I know for a fact that they'll change your truck where it looks like in the system. Now I'm not talking about like for freight, but I mean in fuel and miles. They'll make it look like a straight truck where they'll give you, I think it's twelve or fourteen miles per gallon now that you can get before they put you in that punitive thing again. Cause let's face it, there's ten thousand trucks at are probably five hundred of them or less are
1: getting more than nine miles a gallon.
0: Right, so it's not a big problem for Landstar, and Landstar doesn't deal with little one-offs. They yeah. treat everybody the same. They okay? don't
1: deal so. with anomalies very well, as we've learned <laughs> the hard way.
0: You know, that's a that's funny. When my, when I was at the orientation with Charlie Brown, the very first thing, the the supervisor of all the presenters was there,
1: and that's what he called me. He said, "Well, you're an anomaly." That's what he called me. You're an anomaly. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> we certainly are. I mean, listen. Every time I call Landstar, and I have to talk to some you know, the person in the cubicle. I'm like, okay, so I'm a fleet manager for a BCO fleet. We have 10 trucks. And and I think about three words into that, their brain is already unplugged. Like, and, and, and I'm like, they're, they're like, so what's your name? And I, I tell them my name. Well, that's not the name on the screen. Okay, let me start over. I'm a fleet manager for a 10 truck BCO fleet. I'm not the driver. And I, and it's just, but I mean, mm-hmm. I get it, but... The people that we deal with the the most um, that we kind of relationship with some, you know, they get it, and they all love us. Because lots of times I'm calling them with a solution to the problem already. I just need them to press a button, and a lot of them appreciate that. But, you know, anytime when you're in a huge system, doesn't matter if it's not just Landstar, and you set yourself apart somehow, and you're the anomaly. You can't get too upset. There's been a handful of Larry Long specials handed out, um, <laughs> but you can't get too upset when you're when you're the thing that's out the outlier. You you kind of have to accept that you're the outlier. But wow, sometimes it gets old. Uh, we had a driver that moved from Maryland to West Virginia. Oh my gosh! Okay.
0: Now the ten truck fleet. Okay, I think back then we might have been even more than that. Um, he moved from Maryland, a driver, an operator, an mm-hmm. operator, okay? So he puts in his required address change with permits. And they call me and go, and they go, you're moving from Maryland to West Virginia? And I'm I'm thinking to myself, no, I'm not, I am not move anywhere, you know? Well, we got a, a change of address form here. We're moving Blue Ribbon to West Virginia. I said, no, you're not. I said, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not moving to West Virginia. Well, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we are, we, we, we've already set it up to where, you know, the address is changing. Oh, by the way, now you're not a uh, CPP state, you're a workers comp state. I'm like bullshit, you know, cause I know the difference between $30 and $120 a week yeah. for a driver. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no, it was coming to find And finally I, it's hit me. Wait a minute. We just had a driver change the address. I said, wait a minute. Who are you thinking that you're talking to? Well, this is the blah, blah, blah. I said, no, 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 no. Because one of my drivers changed it. They were going to take the entire corporation and move it to West Virginia on Mm -hmm. a phone call from a driver. Okay. So that scared the shit out of me. Okay. So can you imagine the trouble it would have been for me to straighten that out after the
1: fact if they hadn't called me? Because I've dealt with the West Virginia workers comp people. Oh, God almighty. I I can't even imagine. Well, and they tried to cancel the whole fleet here a few weeks ago because one of our drivers (laughs) completed the program, bought his truck. Became yeah. a BCO and, and cause we had Everybody's to cancel, B, we, we had to cancel, him.
0: you know, there's probably, I don't know how many fleets were down there, not, not that many, but you know, every time we deal with them, we have to go through the process of going, oh uh, wait a minute, I understand something here. And cause my, now my, my standard line when I call, this is Larry Long, I'm a BCO fleet of 10 trucks, leased least anyway. Oh what? I said, it's the first thing I start with because otherwise <laughs> they don't, they're thinking I'm, you know, one guy, one truck and, they want to put me in that slot because that's where most of them are. But anyway, we're, I digress. There was something, somebody said something I wanted to jump on. I can't see now what it was. Well, some of the people talking about how every truck is there. And that, That's probably true to an extent, but every truck has a sweet spot. Okay. I can, mm-hmm. tell, I can promise you that. And we've had a bunch of them. Okay. And they might be five RPMs different than one another, but I can tell you right now, if you get them all between 1325 and 1350, as opposed to 1550 mm-hmm. or 1750, you're going to be pretty close, okay? Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't don't make this harder than it has to be. Every truck series has a designated best, they might not call it a sweet spot, but they're going to have a best um, uh, RPM where the torque, curve and everything is at its, pre- at its, at its, uh, it's, uh, not maximum, but, um, um, optimum best optimum. Thank you. Optimum performance. And they all have, and they have engineers that get paid a lot of money to figure that out. So.
1: Somebody was asking who made the animated, um, picture of, of Larry and I, um, that I think was, was,
0: I think it was drunk Chris. No, was.
1: that was a, a lady that my wife went to high school with. Um, Karen made that poster as kind of a surprise. Um, but that's two different pictures that she took. One picture that we had of Larry's original truck, JPEG. And then I think that was a picture of you and I standing side by side at the very first event that we yeah. had at the church in like 2020 or 21, whatever it was.
0: <clears throat> and,
1: um, and and she did her little magical thing with that and made that poster. Yeah, it's, well, it's not very flattering. I got to tell you that. So yeah. Well, you know, hey, it works because we're lunatics. Well, um. So we 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 hope that we have kind of demystified ifta here uh, for you, so that um, uh, it's not so difficult to understand. There's really no magic pill. You know, it, 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 the, the people have turned it into this secret formula. Oh, well just buy it in the low-tax state. No, just buy it in the high-tax states. No, both of those are wrong. Look at the price of the fuel. There's fuel, there's markup, and there's, uh, and there's fuel tax. All right, and the markup is where we get our discount, the fuel tax. Just worry about the fuel. The rest will work itself out. Control the things that you can control. You can control your fuel mileage. You can control where, when, and how you buy your fuel. If you will concentrate on making the best decisions that you can on a daily basis, everything else will work itself out. Um, these are, you know, we, we call, uh, you know, people ask about like platform and stuff in our program. And and we do have a couple of platform trailers, but what we try to explain to everyone is we want you to come in and pull a drive in and pull general freight because we got to teach you blocking and tackling. We've got to teach you the the, the very, very basics of business, and that's the easiest to do just pulling general freight. Uh, When you have to layer on top of that, fill, making sure that you understand that side of the market and – and how to properly secure your loads, it, it, it's a little too much information overload. And that's why we like everyone to start out in a van. We just want to teach you the basics. And, and my wife and I have been, been homeschoolers for 17 years now, and I see people come into our Facebook groups, and they're just frazzled, and they're like, "Oh, okay, I, I need a curriculum. I'm like, stop. Reading, writing, math. Reading, writing, math. Just if Listen, if they can read If they can comprehend what they read, they can write, and they can do math, everything else will work itself out. No different here in business. We've got to learn the basics. We've got to learn communication, accounting, bookkeeping, communication, accounting, bookkeeping, trip planning. Once you get that stuff, then we can start bringing you up to the advanced levels of accounting uh, that you're going to have to be at in order to have a business that survives. Um, uh, and that's one of my, uh, it's, it's one of the many things that I hate about truck leases is because they're not, um, it, 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 it's presented as this shortcut. Uh, and it's not, it's, it's not a shortcut to you to get in business. It, it's just a, it's smoke and mirrors, um, that's always for the benefit, uh, and profit of somebody else and not you. So that's why well, the
0: example, the example that this guy gave of his great lease, he's going to pay $179,784 for 2022 Cascadia. And he's, and he really, really likes his lease. Mm. <clears throat> mm. I'm not going to go into that tonight. There is a procedural question. I do need to answer though. Mm-hmm. Josh is trucking adventures. Can you still figure it out? He's means fuel. Mileage. Oh yeah. that's If a good you question. always do partials, I can never fill my tanks due to watching weight. Well, Josh yes and no. Okay. You to, 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 to correctly and accurately measure fuel mileage, you have to replace the fuel that you used. Okay. Now, if there's a way, if you use a stick or if there's a way that you can measure what the fuel was when you started and you can get it back to that same spot, it doesn't matter whether it's full or not. Most of the time, people can't do that without filling it up. Filling it up is where the, is the commonality. It's the common spot that you get it back to you because what you're doing is you're replacing the fuel you used. That's all you're doing. You're replenishing the fuel that you used. How many miles did it take me to use that fuel? How many gallons? It's just simple math. If you can't fill it back up, then you have to have a standard mark a standard place that you can bring it back to in order to do the, to do the computation. Otherwise you're never it's never going to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Even you guys at fill up quote, fill up, when, when you're talking about a tank that's 100 gallons, 125, 150 gallons, and it's, you know, eight foot around and 12 foot long, an inch is a bunch of gallons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So even with, a, even with filling up, quote, uh, it, if, you're, if your fuel mileage is wildly off, it's probably because you're not filling to the same spot. You know, mm-hmm. uh, believe me, I've tried, the only way I know of personally, short of sticking it, y'all know what I mean by sticking, it. y'all ever worked for a gas station mm-hmm. and every night you stick the tanks. Okay. Short of that, you know, the, the only thing I've found visually is that when you take the cap off and you can look right there in the neck of that, uh, of that tank and you see that weld spot right there, I can get fuel to that weld spot. I can sit there and get fuel to it. I know when I get it back to that weld spot, it's where it started. So I can pretty much guarantee you, and now if the, the truck's not sitting level, I'm I can not compensate for that, but but you have to be able to to duplicate your efforts every time if you want this to be, you know, not garbage in, garbage out, you know. So find a way. Now letting it click off automatically is not the way because all those nozzles are not the same length and, and some of them quick you know, click off it quicker than the other ones do. And who knows where it, where it, I mean, it's, you got to have a visual spot that you fill up to. And Larry's way of doing it is to the weld in the bottom of that neck, you know, cause I can see it and I can get fuel there. And I know that that's where I started and that's where I ended up. And I know exactly how many gallons I used and I drove and how many miles I drove. So that's the way I do it. So Josh, that's the best I can tell you, except for carrying a stick around like a yardstick or something that you can stick down in there and get the level and then bring it back to that level again, you you're going to have to bring it back to some spot that you can regularly get to. So,
1: well, I believe, um, that we have, uh, we've covered everything that we wanted to cover tonight. Um, uh, do we, do you guys know if Landstar works with Food Grain Tankers? No. No. Um, after Rod, after 11 years I've now signed up for Mudflap. Well, 9 percent of the time our price is best. I had two times in the last month that beat the Landstar price. Today I saved $18. 18 cents net per gallon over Landstar. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I want That's a good point, Rod.
0: He could I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Chris, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> Was, Rod just came back and said, Josh, you could just, he he means just turn off one tank and run off one tank.
1: Oh, yeah. And he fill that out. That's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. yeah, that would be. Matter of <laughs> fact, we bought Great a point. truck. We bought a truck one time where a guy had the second tank turned off. Um, and we had yeah. to, yeah. Um, his reason for doing it was bullshit. But, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's together. a good point. That you
0: know, is a very good point, so. <clears throat> well as far as the mudflat goes i don't know i mean you know again it's I, I i've never looked at it i hear a lot of guys talk about it. i you know the first person i've heard that said that they ever beat the Landstar price but i, I mean i know who you are and i know that your information is credible so um anyway whether it's worth it on in the long run you just let us know okay so um but hey money's money so yeah um now, it's going to make you doing your if a little more complicated, I guess, because you're going to have to keep track of those. Res- if Lance starts doing your if, you're going to have to send in those receipts. You know that, I'm sure. Yeah. So,
1: Well, uh, so programming note for next weekend, there will not be a show. Uh, I'm going to be uh, in uh, Tennessee at a volleyball tournament, and uh, Larry's not going to do it by himself, I believe is the uh, – <laughs> Absolutely not gonna do it
0: myself. Larry said, fuck no, okay. <laughs> so uh and I'm gonna I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning to drive to the Gulf. So I'm not gonna I'm gonna be in bed by the time this happens. Oh right. right next right. Uh, so next that means so.
1: if I get my calendar back up here. Um Well that means so the following weekends when you're going to Gulf Shores, so I once again will be solo on the podcast for that, uh, last weekend in September. So bring bring on one, bring on one of the drivers. Okay. I can, I can probably make that happen. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, well, let me see. I don't see any more questions on TikTok. Let me look at YouTube again. You
0: guys that I got a lot of uh, feedback on the, uh, QuickBooks thing. So I got enough that I think I'm going to do it. So I get back from the Gulf. Uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to order a a very, very basic online QuickBooks online program. I know there is, we. I can't get the lowest one because it won't let me modify the chart of accounts. I think the next level up does, but mm-hmm. it's not really all that expensive. But I'm going to go ahead and get that and get it running and get it working. And then I'm going to take you guys through it step by step by step. And we're going to do this very, very slowly over a long period of time. It's going to be like 15 or 20 minutes every podcast you know uh, because this gets really really hard real quickly if if you don't if you don't follow it so uh, and you guys that are already advanced you know you can skip some of them if you want to but it's really important that you guys start doing your own book you don't have to become accountants but you need to become your own bookkeeper okay That, that 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 makes the numbers mean something to you because you're looking at them and you're dealing with them real time it gets you in the habit of doing it on a more. You're going to be, you're going to see the advantage of having these numbers, and you're going to want to do it more often. And you certainly don't want to send it to somebody and not see them for a month or two down the road. So um, I'm huge advocate of. Uh, and look, I was the worst there was. Now, not in trucking, but in one of my businesses, I was the wor- Listen, I was the worst. And then I took on a partner that was a CPA, and I tell you what, my entire world changed. You know. And, um, and he turned me into the monster that I am today. (laughs) But, um, uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it's something that you need to do. It's not hard to do, but don't be afraid of this. It's not hard to do. Okay. And we're going to take it really slow and we're not, I'm also going to do it in two different, um, sections. I'm, we're going to do the income statement stuff. We're going to do the, the income and expenses first. Okay. And then once you guys get that down, well, then we're going to move over to the assets and liabilities, known as equity side. That's a little more difficult. It's not required; you don't have to have that. But your your accountant's going to do it for you in the background because you're going to have to have it for your tax return. But if you start doing it yourself, then your accountant's not doing it, then all of a sudden the price of your of your tax return goes way way down for your corporate tax return. Mm-hmm. And you get a you have a really really happy CPA that loves you, you know, mm-hmm. and looks forward to working with you. So, um, but anyway, man, but the more, most important thing though is for you to get the benefit of having these numbers. Okay. Listen, we would not be where we are. We would not have a cost of operation that we have if it weren't for the fact that we are crazy, crazy, crazy about the numbers. You know, uh, we, listen, we had a situation just this week. Uh, one of the Landstar's, um, uh, uh BCO advisors is, talking to Chris and we have all these trailers attached to all these trucks. We haven't had those trailers in months. Hmm. Well, they're, they're standing, you know, they were expecting us to go, well, I don't know where the fuck they are. (laughs) And within two or three minutes, he had every one of them, exactly the date we dropped it and exactly where we dropped it at. I bet you he dropped his teeth when he saw them, (laughs) you know? So, but that's the reason why we do it. Okay. Because listen, Landstar can't figure it out. And so we take it upon ourselves you know, to do it. So, um, you have to, Josh, you have to cross, you have to, uh, block that crossover off. That's what he's saying. Isolate that one tank. So either put a plug in there and get you some vice scripts, but get somebody to, 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 disconnect your crossover. So it doesn't cross over.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: It's possible. And make sure do. you return, make sure you return those going in the tank that you're using. Make sure that your fuel return from the injectors it's going into the tank that you're using. And if it goes into both, you want to turn that off in the other tank. Otherwise you're going to fill it back up again. Yeah. So you got to d- disconnect the crossover and make sure your return, your excess fuel return coming out of the in- injectors is only going to one tank and it's a tank that you want to
1: use. Okay. Yep. That would fit. Be- well, because Phil was telling me and he's got a four axle truck does heavy haul and I think he's only got one. 80 or hundred gallon tank, you know? And I was like, what? And he's like, but you know, doing that heavy haul stuff, lots of times they have to stop for curfews and stuff anyway. So you know, it's, uh, he fuels up every day, you know?
0: In midlife trucker, that's another good point. Make sure you use the tank that has the gauge in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would also sure. help. Yeah. So it's three things you got to make sure there, make sure it's got the gauge in it, make sure it's got the return line in it, and only in that tank. And disconnected the, the crossover, and then you can run on one tank.
1: So, and it's completely legal, by the way. So, no yeah. um. all right. Well, uh, I guess we will see you guys in about a week and a half. Uh, well, Larry won't. Larry, Larry will be gone a week, for a couple uh, yeah. of weeks, okay. uh, yeah. but but I should be back with you. Looks like on the thirtieth uh, on that Saturday night. So I'll wrestle up a driver or something, and we'll be back with you then. So remember to check out the website, check out Pittsburgh Power. And uh, until then, we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks, everybody.